I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Today I have Heidi Paredes, who was born in El Salvador. She received her associate's degree from North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in intercultural ministries. Her heart's calling was to return to her homeland and support the missionary work in that country. In 2000, God led her to be part of the Master's Commission, a discipleship program for young adults under the umbrella of New Life Covenant, which gave her the opportunity to work and serve for the children, women, missions, and those in need. In 2012, she graduated with her BA in sociology and has been working for the Chicago Public Schools since 2015. She's been married to her loving husband, George, almost seven years, and together they serve at New Life Covenant in Chicago at the Humble Park campus as servant leaders. She is a sports fan, and in her spare time, she enjoys watching or attending Chicago Cubs, Seattle Seahawks, and Nebraska Cornhuskers games. I love that, Heidi. I had no idea you were such a fan. It's one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to welcome you, welcome you to the Courageous Podcast today. Thank you, Madeline. Thank you for this opportunity to share my story. And I hope it helps and encourages someone that is listening out there. Amen. I know that it will. And so when you and I were first talking, I knew a little part of your story. And I thought that that would really be the foundation of what we were going to talk about today. And you had said, I really don't think that I have a story. And I was like, well, you know what? Let me be the judge of that. <laughs> and when I started hearing your story, I was like, okay, no, I, I see something here. And this can definitely speak to someone. And so I wanted you to take us down a little bit about your upbringing and kind of where you came from so that people can kind of understand the early years of your life. Well, I was born in 1974 in El Salvador in the early 80s. My mom and dad, they separated. So I lived with my mom and my two brothers. Um, my mom was an entrepreneur. So she owned two stores in a market and she sell clothing and household items. But at that same time in the 80s, there was a lot of political unrest, tensions in, in El Salvador. She was very involved with her union, as well as, you know, supported the running, one of the running candidates, very outspoken. Actually, two days after Mother's Day in 1982, she was by herself attending the store and two individuals, as far as I know, approached the counter and as she turned her back, she was shot instantly. I was sleeping on the store next to her, so I didn't hear anything except the commotion afterwards that awoke me in. And then I just, uh, my life totally changed after that day, as far as I knew. The stability of a family, mm. security. Um, my last memory of her is seeing her sitting against a glass cabinet, and they just took me away. And you were only eight years old at eight that years. time. Yes. I can't imagine 
you know, as a little girl having to see something like that. I love how you said that your mom was an entrepreneur. She was a go-getter. You know, she was involved in the things that she believed in. What an amazing legacy already she yeah. left for you, right? Yes. And, and it's funny that you don't realize, even if I was only eight, but later on, I realized how that impacted my life. And mm-hmm. in college, I discovered why I always love to get involved with social justice causes and, you know, looking up for the poor. And mm. I don't know, it's just amazing to look back and even though it's been 38 years since she passed. So Heidi, I know that Mother's Day is is tough for you. I can only imagine how difficult that day is for you. What is it like? I don't remember much after the age of a celebrating or writing cars or anything. But I think as I got older, it became more difficult. And it was mainly because I I just wonder, always wonder what my relationship with her could have been. And I know that I always carry a longing in my heart for a mother-daughter relationship. So as I look down my life and my relationship with older women, I, I always find it easier to connect to them to just build really strong relationships than younger ones, mm-hmm. um, either close to my age or even younger. And, and I know it's because I've always desired that relationship with a mother. I mean, I could totally see that being something that you're drawn to. And so, you know, now you're left without your mom. You went to live with your dad for a little while and he had a new family. And you said that it never felt like home and that you felt like a Cinderella. Tell me about that. Yeah, not so much the cleaning, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the Cinderella syndrome, I think of being in a, a family, but not feeling part of that family. Mm-hmm. I always felt I was competing for my dad's attention, his affection. I had two stepsisters. And yeah, it, whenever we were all together, it always felt like that was the odd one hmm. around. So there's some real life Cinderella stories out there for sure. And so you told me that at age 12, you moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, and you went to live with your grandparents and your dad and your brothers. And then later, your dad decided to give you up for adoption to your grandparents, and they ended up adopting you. How did that make you feel? Yes, we were able to come to the States. My whole side of my dad's family lived here already. Like a year after we had gotten to Nebraska, my dad sent for his wife in El Salvador with her um, two daughters. And I think that kind of was the reason why he decided that I would be better living with my grandparents Mm -hmm. because of that tension that we already had had. I felt rejected, even though I was living with my grandparents and they were giving me everything I needed and the love I needed. But, you know, your dad and your mom are yours. and. Mm when he just decided to give me legally adopted by my grandparents, it created a lot of insecurities and resentment and just abandonment Mm. in my life. And I carry that through my teens until I went to college and I had an encounter with God that I was able to release my dad and forgive him and not allow that to, you know, be part of my heart as I move forward. You know, I I had a mission. Mm. I had a I had a goal, and I think a lot of people get set back by what they hold in their hearts. 
That's right. And I know one of the things you said was that, you know, you had this foundation of faith already through your grandmother and and other women in your family. And at age 14, you had your own encounter with God and you found, you know, your identity and who you were as Heidi Paredes. Tell me about that. Yeah, a friend of mine from school also went to my grandparents' church and I would visit, but never felt comfortable. But uh, there was a summer before I turned 14 that she's like, let's go to youth camp. And she made it sound fun. And I was like, is there going to be a lot of services? (laughs) You know, because I was still scared to, I don't know why I had a fear of church, Christian church, Mm -hmm. but I did, even though I was Catholic. So she invited me and it was the first time I saw a lot of Latino kids because most we were all, you know, come from different Latino families, raising their hands, singing, just praising God. And maybe I didn't understand everything, but mm-hmm. it, the spirit of God, it, it started doing something in my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that. That's what I've always desired to be that close with God, but I didn't know how. And I started in the back bench every day. I would move forward a little <laughs> bit, but never got to the altar. And so anyway, the soil was getting ready, you know, mm-hmm. and and as we drove back um, with my pastor, he played a song of a, you know, a minister, a song worshiper. To this day, I feel that presence of God in that car. It started breaking, like we were all crying and just, just feeling that presence of God and, mm-hmm. and healing began to happen in my heart. And there's a verse on Zephaniah 317 says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you and his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And I just felt that that's what God was doing in that moment. He was singing over me and healing my heart from, you know, from my relationship with my dad. And right. from that moment, I just put my trust in God and Ever since that day, never looked back. So God, yeah, you fell in love with Jesus that day, and he became your savior, your fortress, your protector, you know, all the things that you were missing, he was able to fill the void. I wish that more young people could find that connection. My God, they would be healed from so many things at an early age. And so you told me that, which I thought was really interesting, that growing up, you never had control about where you lived because you went from home to home to home in El Salvador and that that was difficult for you, but that you were going to make the choice to have control over your education and your future. And then you did something crazy. Tell me about that. So at 19, I decided I was going to go to Bible college and I didn't have much financially, but I had made my mind and I took a bus from Nebraska to Minnesota with a hundred dollars cash in my pocket <laughs> and two suitcases. Wow. And I had a youth leader that really helped me and really encouraged me to do that because a lot of my family either didn't agree or support it. They were like, well, that's what you decide to do. We don't have money to give you, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. So she really helped me find some scholarships and fill out applications. And I was headed to Minneapolis that fall. And then one year in college, when I got there, there was a conference, a missions conference, where I met the executive director of the Assemblies of God, World Missions at that time. 
He had previously been a missionary and pastor in El Salvador for 25 years. Mm -hmm. As he's talking and sharing, he lived in the 80s where I was also there. So I was like, oh my gosh, I know what he's talking about. And then I just felt that God confirmed my calling Mm. because I took you out of El Salvador and you went through what you went through, but I want to prepare you to go back and serve the people. This director, he founded a mission called Latin American Child Care. It mm-hmm. provides food, clothing, and meals to children that were in very poor neighborhoods. And so I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to go and back and do. So. <laughs> I was able to go back as an exchange student right before I graduated from North Central and mm-hmm. was able to see and meet missionaries working and, and also teach in a school with early education children. So I didn't know then what God was preparing me for, which is what I do now. <laughs> mm. It's amazing how God begins to, you know, he plants a seed and then he just begins to water it and slowly but surely you know, if you put your trust in him, he's going to just continue to open the doors. Yes. And so you told me that later you were raising funds to become a missionary in Mexico, but financially you were unable to raise the money and you ended up withdrawing your application. But before that, you made a request to the Lord. What was that? I had said to God, God, if you continue to provide for me, whether it be through a a secular job, I'm going to support children in Latin America. I may not be the person going, but I want to be able to support them. And I start sponsoring children through Compassion International. Mm -hmm. But eventually the Lord made a way for me to walk in my calling. In 1999, I went to a youth conference and met Jose Feliciano, which is part of our church here in Chicago. And he invited me to go to Guatemala on a missions trip with Chicago Master's Commission and to see if I would fit into the program, if this was really something I wanted to be part. It was going to be hard because I would have to leave my job completely and just depend on offerings or, or blessings that people would give me. But God opened doors and I was able to come to Chicago and join Master's Commission in the year 2000. It kind of was an 180 for me because I had already met Pastor Choco in my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. He was the one actually got used for me to be, you know, introduced to Bible college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So later when I came to Chicago, I was like, wow, you know, it's just like God p- putting all those pieces together. God used Pastor Choco to bring healing also in my life and restore my relationship with my dad, which is another testimony. Mm-hmm. And he gave me so many opportunities to see my dreams of serving as a missionary. But after I finished my three years of master's commission, Pastor helped me and supported me to go to a church in Peru that we had planted in 2000. And I spent 10 months working down there with the pastors, sharing the DNA of new life and Mm -hmm. just helping organize many outreaches for the community and for the children. I just didn't care what I had to do. I just wanted to be used by God. and, And I thank God for allowing me to live out my dreams and do missions. That's amazing. You know, sometimes in life, some people have, you know, really huge dreams. They want to accomplish some some truly amazing things. And then there's other people that to others may seem like a simple dream, like, oh, you want to do missions. That's so cute. <laughs> um, but for somebody that truly has a heart to serve and 
to love on people, to love on children. Think about your strength. Let me tell you, I believe I'm a strong person. There's no way that I would have got on a bus at 19 to go to Minnesota. (laughs) There's no way. There's no way that I would have packed up and sold everything, quit my job and moved to a big city like Chicago. I just don't think I have that in me. Or maybe I didn't have that kind of a seed planted in me at an early age. And I love that you did that. To me, the Heidi that I know is very quiet, humble, loving, kind. I had no idea that you were so strong and so courageous to take some of the risks that you've taken and and grow across the world to live out your calling and your mission. And I love that, Heidi. And so I wanted to say, you know, what was your motivation to just keep pushing through to achieve that dream and that calling in your life? Um, As a little girl, my motivation, like you had said before, was I just wanted to do good in school to make my brothers proud and my, my grandparents but I, when I encountered God at 14, I, it was like, God, if you can use anyone, use me. If you can use me for anything. I just wanted to truly serve God and and just trust Him one step at a time. I didn't know the places He would take me. I didn't know how, but I just trusted Him one step at a time. Um, Amen. You know, and as you look back, is there anything that you would have done differently on your journey? Yeah, I dealt with a lot of um, insecurities and disappointments. And I I think it's because I gave my heart away quickly as a single woman. And I didn't date it a lot, but I always felt disappointed by the expectations I had put on people. Mm -hmm. And also it kept me from my own insecurities also kept me from befriending women my age or women that I, I wanted to be friends with. I just had a lot of walls and Mm -hmm. I didn't allow people to love on me as much as I wanted it. (laughs) Right. It's just a weird construct when you want something, but you, your walls are so high. Absolutely. No, I was the queen of walls. So I, I totally understand that. And, you know, rightfully so you had already been through so much. You have to protect yourself to some degree. I know you said to me when we first spoke that you really didn't think that you had a story, but we all have a story. God allows certain things to happen in our life so that he can use those things to help minister to others, to help others walk on their journey. You know, why did you think it was important to share your story with me today? I just want others to know that it doesn't matter where you come from, what you had or didn't have. If you trust God and you know and you find your identity in Him, He will walk with you and lead you. I'm sure I could have gotten bitter and angry at at God for having lost my mom, for Mm -hmm. having had my dad abandon me. But when everyone else fails you, God is always there. He Mm -hmm. says that in Psalms 27.10, though your mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. And I always held on to that promise that he was always there for me. And yes, I did act out against, you know, my dad. Like I, you know, I had anger towards the person, but never God. I never blamed God mm. for for anything. I always said, well, God, there's always a purpose for some things that happen in our life, right? So I want others to hold on to that. Just trust God with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding and he will make a way. Amen. Amen. I love that. You know, you're right. Your life could have taken a whole different turn. And 
you could have gotten angry and bitter and just, you know, done absolutely nothing with your life. But thankfully, God was calling you to something greater. So if there's somebody out there that's listening, that feels that hurt, that anger, that, hey, they don't have their mom or their dad anymore. They weren't raised with them. They were given up for adoption. They feel rejected even by their own parents if they did live with their parents, but they feel rejected. What would you say to them right now, Heidi, to encourage them? I want to tell you that, yes, it's easy to feel like the victim or you want to blame people for the things that have happened in your life or why your life is the way it is. But I encourage you to set a goal. Each goal will lead you to the next step in your life. Sometimes we want something, but we don't know how to get it. If it's going to school, go to school. If it's getting a a degree, get a degree. Just set one goal. That Mm -hmm. goal will open up other doors. Then focus on helping people. When you do that, your problems don't seem that big. Sometimes we focus so much on us and we don't see around us. I wasn't trying to be a hero for anyone, but I just want to help just by helping the children in Latin America or helping the pastors. I was trying to give as much as I could. And I surrounded myself with people that encouraged me, that believed in me, that saw in me what I didn't see. And Mm. you need that in your life. You need to be surrounded by positive people. I love that. That's great. You know, I agree with that. At my lowest points when I've been broken and going through difficult things, whether it's been health issues or a loss, I have focused on supporting and encouraging others. And let me tell you, it does take the focus off of you and your pain. And you feel that even in your brokenness, that God can still use you. And there's healing in that. And I mean, I have lived it and I agree with you. And you had said to me that it's hard for you to look back and to see that the difficult things that occurred in your life. And you said, God can take you out of bad places and use you to reach the nations. (laughs) And he absolutely did that for you, Heidi. And I learned so much from you or so much more from you in our discussion. And I just love that. And so what is Heidi's life look like today? Uh Well, today I'm married recently, seven years, and just three weeks ago bought our first place, which is the miracle of God in itself. I'm a teacher's assistant. I work for CPS and I work with kids that have a special needs or behavioral issues. And I love having that one-on-one to pour on them and help them through their own challenges and see that they're not the label that they put on. Those are God's Um, angels. And you shared one powerful statement with me. Please share that again. I may not be traveling to the mission field at this moment. But I knew my, I know I got to remind myself, my mission field is helping the kids who need me in the schools. And that motivates me every day. And not just the kids, but I feel like being a positive influence with my coworkers and the teachers and the staff. So God is using you wherever you go, whether it's in your church, whether it's in the school, but you are in fact living out your calling and your dreams. And you know what I'm all about. I'm all about walking in your calling and living out those dreams and what God is calling you to do. And so if you're someone out there that is like Heidi, that loves to help people or that wants to help people, you know, maybe you don't know how to do that. Maybe you're a little shy, you know, maybe you don't even know where to start. Maybe you want to do missions and you want to connect with Heidi. Heidi, maybe, and ask her, hey, Heidi, where do I go? What do I do? How can I get started? How can people connect with you, Heidi? 
yeah, reach me on my Instagram account, Heidi Paredes, or Facebook. Really easy to connect. Uh, send me a message and let's sit down. I love drinking coffee. That's another thing <laughs> uh, at any time. And, you know, I love to pour into people and help them, them walk through that. Because I know a lot of people have that heart that I have. They want to serve, but they don't know how. And, exactly. and I feel like at this point, I can help others walk into that calling and take that step of faith. I feel, and this is by God's word, that if God has put that in your heart, it's for a purpose. Mm. Don't dismiss it. Don't think about finances. God will provide. Yes. If he calls you, he provides. And step in faith. Believe that. And you'll go to places. I never thought I would go to Africa or mm. the Dominican Republic or Haiti. It just amazes me. And I'm like, God, you, you're so good. You're so good. There's nothing that I can't not thank you for. You know, Amen. I'm so thankful. And thank you for sh allowing me to share that story, my story. And I hope somebody feels encouraged today and say, man, I have more to give. That's right. Amen. I'm so glad too, Heidi. I'm excited for people to hear your story. And even though, you know, it may not be missions for somebody, it might be something else, but to hear that fire and that desire to live out their calling, whatever that is, you can do it. Look at what Heidi went through. Look at her upbringing, losing her mom, you know, not living with her dad or having that relationship that she desired as a young girl. And today, I mean, she's thriving and she is walking in her calling and she's helping young children who desperately need her right now. And so thank you, Heidi, for ministering to me Back in 2009, when I first came to the Lord, I went to a women's retreat and you were my leader and you blessed me in such a way. You were part of my journey. I walked away so excited, so encouraged and so on fire for God. And I want to thank you for that. And I never shared that all these years, but yeah. I wanted to share it now because I wanted you to see that even back then in 2009, you were part of planting a seed in me. And I want to thank you for that. Amen. Thank you so much. And blessings to you. You encourage us all through all the stories that you share in your podcast. Amen. Well, you know, we know this is God's platform and he's using you and me and everybody that's been on the podcast. And I'm praying for those that are still to come that God wants to use to share their story as well. Heidi, I want to thank you. Thank you for being on the Courageous Podcast today. I pray blessings upon you and George and your beautiful new home. I pray that God continues to use you both in your current mission field here in Chicago, or that God will open the door to many new opportunities for you both. I pray that you just continue to grow in your faith and continue to point people to Jesus. You are truly a living and walking testimony. Remember, at Courageous, there is power in your testimony. You just need to be able to be brave enough to share it. And that's what Courageous Podcast is all about. Continue blessings to you. God bless. Hey, Courageous community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at courageouspodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous. Courageous.